Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. Smash that subscribe button below. Thanks for all the support. We've seen some amazing growth during the past couple of weeks. And don't forget, when you subscribe, and for those of you who already are subscribers, there is a draw for a signed retro Winnipeg Blue Bomber Milt Stiegel jersey. So get in on that. Benny, where can they find us on social media? Yeah, and that's subscribed on YouTube. So make sure on that that you're subscribing there. Uh, yes. Find us, Ray Benny Sports. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everyone's favorite TikTok. And don't forget, check us out on Reddit and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast provider. We got CFL talk. Of course, we got some Blue Bomber talk. We got a little bit of NFL top talk and we got some hot topics. So let's get into it. The Bombers played the Alouettes, almost put a 50 burger on them, ended Montreal's winning streak uh, by pacing them 47-17. So let's start with the good uh i'll start let's start with the defense like they're better than good they were great oh yeah like the yardage they gave up was crazy they only gave up three points yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and only 173 yards total i think yeah. it was 21 in the second half or something like that like giving up <laughs> 170 yards passing in this cfl is amazing yeah total, total yards total. yeah total the dark side is back. And this is the second game in a row where they played and not given up an offensive touchdown. Yeah. And, and it's amazing because they just, they were just dominant. Like Montreal, they're not, well, special teams were pinning Montreal back and Montreal got some yardage, but they couldn't get past midfield. Yeah. You know, and then, then the turnovers started in the second half and Bomber D was just like enough, enough. Even that Jeff Coat fumble, like the fumbled snap. Like how mm-hmm. Jeff Coat beat Fajardo to that ball? Wow, I can't even understand it, man. And then no. he, not only did he do that, he knocked him on his ass too. So, like, if he would have picked that up full stride, he would have been gone. No oh, one was yeah. catching him. Uh, I think they, he he just wanted the ball and to hit Fajardo at the same time, and he's like, I'm "Absolutely, good. <laughs> eh? Here you go, offense." And they stopped the running game. Yeah, stand back and uh, I can't remember their other guy, Fletcher. Fletcher, like they're below fifty yards. Yeah, and especially Steinbeck coming off that crazy week the week before um, yeah. against Ottawa, right? So yeah, it, was a, it was a great effort. Jake Thomas, another sack as well. Career just balling best. This year. <laughs> Career best. A yeah. small shout out to him. Holy cow. And Winston uh, Rose with his first interception of the year too. So that was great for him too. So many good. He was close on another one too earlier in that game. So, so yeah, the defense was on fire. Oh, yeah. If, they, if it keeps up that way, I mean, the offense, uh, Zach Laurels can throw a bunch more picks and the defense will hold it together. And then Zach Laurels will be, okay, let's let's play now. <laughs> Any more good? Um, yeah, Oliveira, again, another solid game from him. 119 yards on the ground, um, 196 total. Like, he was a beast out there. Um, and just unstoppable. And that blocking from the O-line was great as well. And Oliveira just kind of held that offense together a bit. Yeah, yeah. 196 total rushing yards for the entire team. Because Yeah, oh, sorry, that's a point. Yeah, yeah. 125, because I think he got that one six-yard reception for a touchdown. Right, yeah. Uh, he can do it all. Uh, you know, I haven't seen as much of that heavy set and tight end set, so it does look that it's being used as a necessity rather than becoming a staple. But if they keep playing like this, I won't have nothing to complain about. Like, my issue, uh, last time we talked was the Bombers going 0 for 4 in the red zone against Calgary. That was crazy and unacceptable. And they went 3 for 4 into the red zone this week. So that was a huge turnaround there. Uh, And yeah, Brady Oliveira, 900 yards on the season already, four touchdowns. Uh, He's he's unstoppable there. And he's just putting his body on the line every time. And he's punishing the defenders on the other side. 
that they that they don't want anything to do with him late in the game. So he's come a long way this year, man. Absolutely. And then the funny huge step forward. The funny thing is talking about it. Standback is making about sixty thousand dollars more than Oliveira right now. So great deal on Oliveira. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we talked about Buck Pierce. You know he 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 did get into a groove, and the, he has these receivers flying all over the field. Uh, Buck Pierce, sorry, um, Zach Caleros. But my thing is because of Buck Pierce, he's really getting into a groove. Now I'm into my groove talking properly. The receivers were flying all over the field and using the, all that motion in the backfield to create confusion. Again, four different run, uh, four different runners with the ball, not including Prukop and the amount of receivers are spreading. The, it's, you know, shout out to Buck Pierce. Another good game from him. Yeah, again, another slow start again by this Winnipeg offense kind of thing, right? We uh, we were texting each other again, like, what's going on here? Not the greatest of starts, but yeah, the, once that once that offense can get in that rhythm, uh, Buck Pierce's play calling he just goes well with it, and they're just finding that, and and they're using each other, and they're looking what's what's working and everything, and they're, they're unstoppable at that point. Once that bomber offense got going, they were unstoppable. That Montreal D, which is a good D. Had no yeah. answers. They they shut down Sean Lemon, who looked dangerous in that first quarter. But then after that, where was he? Nowhere else, yeah. right? And that offense just took over. Anything else good from the game? I'm going to give credit to Greg McRae on his returns. He had some good returns. Uh, he looked a little bit better. He had a, a long return in this game as well. But he looked yeah. a little bit more dangerous. And, and Jamison Sheehan, I'll give him credit as well for his punting in this game. It was some good punting, uh, pinning Montreal deep and keeping them back there. Yeah, his net must have been around 40 yards per punt. I think it was 45 or so. Which yeah. is pretty good. His yeah. gross, I think, was like 40, 40, something like that. Anytime you're over 40 on net, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And the kickoffs, again, the coverage team wasn't great. Uh, Worthy had some good returns and stuff like that. But otherwise, yeah. they bottled that up pretty good. Uh, another good is that crazy sold-out field at IG. That was insane. Yeah. That was fun to be around. The It was electric there. And no negative vibes. You know, uh, I'm in section 112 and there's nothing negative going around. Everyone's having a good time. It was military night. So shout out to the Bombers for putting on another good evening at uh, IG Field. Yeah, great attendance, especially again for another Thursday night, right? And then, you know, the weather was kind of iffy as well. There was a bit of a delay, wasn't there? Uh, 15 15. minutes or so. So, yeah, yeah, with the weather looking kind of crazy and creepy, uh, people still showed up. That's fantastic. Last Thursday night game of the year? Yeah, that's last Thursday because then the NFL takes over Thursday nights. Thursday nights, Sunday nights, they take it over, all over. Ridiculous. You can have Sunday <laughs> night. Go ahead. Take Sunday night. <laughs> I guess after Labor Day, that's it for Sundays. Really for the uh, CFL or do they play some on still? Probably a bit. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else good before we go on to the bad? No, I mean, I mean, there was a lot good in this game for sure. You can you can name off pretty much everything in this game. There's two bad plays, three bad plays in this game. And I'm sure we're going to talk about them. Okay, let's start it. <laughs> Go ahead. Talk about them three bad plays that were bad. The interceptions, basically, by Kalaros. Uh, two got taken back to the house. Uh, first pass of the game. So back-to-back passes for him from going back to the house game. And this one were taken back as pick sixes. Um, and then his second one was just mind-boggling, too, in field goal range just to throw that up there for Lawler with a guy back there, two guys sandwiching him. Yeah. Um, and then the third one, I just don't think he saw the guy at all. He didn't see that defender. He just went for the quick throw. And another one got to take it back. The fact that Montreal were actually winning this game at one point in that first quarter was kind of crazy. Uh, thinking about it, especially how bad their offense. I mean, their offense wasn't bad in the first half, I guess, Montreal. So it was, it was decent. But the fact that they couldn't move it, but Montreal was still up, was kind of crazy. So yeah. to me, those are the, the, the moments of the game that to look back at on 
you know, clean those up kind of thing, you know? Dang. Then I don't know what you have for ugly because I have those picks under ugly. Yeah. Two, two yeah. of them taken back for touchdowns. It's bad to get picks, but two of them brought back for TDs. Like this should have been a 47. I'm going into uglier now. This should have been a 47 to three game, but those are two big brain farts. And Zach Caleros says my competitive nature got the best of me. Dude, you've been playing in this game a long time now. And like you said, these were two consecutive picks, ill-advised throws that could yeah. easily have been thrown out of bounds that were taken to the house, both times scrambling for your life. Uh, that can't happen, especially against good teams. No, so, exactly. I, yeah, I, you can definitely throw those into ugly for sure. They were ugly, uh, those two ooh. pick sixes. Um, and even the other one wasn't great. But yeah, you, you're not going to get away with that against good teams. But when you got a defense like they had, they kept that game together, allowed the offense to grab their composure and Kalaros to grab his composure and and finish it off after, right? So, but yeah, you, you don't see that too often, especially from Zach Kalaros. No. Not only did he throw three interceptions, but two of them got taken back for touchdowns. So, so that was my ugly. Uh, for my bad is the, the officiating. And yeah. I get it. Not bad, but just the specificity of this roughing call against Ricky Walker, where his hand inadvertently contacted the quarterback's head. And of course, as Bomber fans, it's really frustrating when another player the week before lands on the quarterback's head when it could have been prevented. So that's my bad. I, and I can look at it that Ricky Walker, well, it's a penalty, right? Because you know, you can't touch anyone in the head. It's a penalty. Letter of the law. All, all day long. But... I get you. It's like if you're gonna call that, which is just a hand pushing ahead, you got to call the one where the guy's jumping on some guy's head and not say there's nothing wrong with it. Plus, it went to review as well. So how do you miss that? But yeah, I get it. Intentional or not? Exactly. And some of the pass interference calls in this game were kind of iffy as well, ticky tacky kind of thing that you could probably get away with. So both ways. Yeah, both ways. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Just not as Bomber fans. I gave (laughs) I gave you all my ugly. Did you have any other bad before you want to share any ugly? No, I'm just going to talk about Montreal's ugly kind of thing, because taking 13 penalties, talking about penalties, 13 penalties, 142 yards. No. When you're in a game that close that you probably shouldn't be taking these penalties is not going to help you. And that's where things unraveled fast for Montreal. Not only did the Bombers offense take over, the D was dominant. Montreal kept killing themselves with penalties anyway. So, and yeah. that's partly because the, the, the team on the other side of the ball is probably better than you, you know? So you're taking penalties because you can't keep up. So absolutely. And you're getting tired. Yeah. That defense is on the field too long oh. and the offense is holding too much. Oh, sorry. Procedure. Procedure. Sorry. A lot by Montreal, which is, you know, not because of noise or just no. because you're going to say. Well, at what point in that game, though, did Montreal, you, they won two games. Right with Caleb Evans at quarterback. Now you're trying to prove that you belong in the top four, you know, with BC, Toronto, Winnipeg. Yeah, and then it's not working. But you stuck with Fajardo. At what point shouldn't they have switched to Caleb Evans at some point? Absolutely. Fajardo was ineffective going coming out of halftime. Yeah, like he he had an okay first half. He wasn't lights out. He only still put up three points. And then when he struggled in his first two series in the third, like. Man, go back to Caleb Evans. I don't understand what what uh, Moss was doing in that game. Uh, yeah, that I agree with that decision. That should have been made. Yeah, yeah, right. Ugly, ugly coaching. Yeah, again, Jason Moss. We gave him credit last week, right? Didn't we? 
See the curse. <laughs> the curse of rain. But Benny rears its ugly head. <laughs> Friends, don't forget to put your comments and uh, your good, bad, and the ugly about our Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Let's move on to CFL team grades. All right. Uh, you can go first. Uh, I guess let's start with Montreal and uh, Winnipeg, right? So I'm going to go with yep. uh, Montreal. Uh, I'm going to give him a D minus. I'd give him an F, but they're two plays for uh, interception or they're three plays for the interceptions and the two that return. They're actually good defensive plays, uh, probably their best defensive plays of the game. So I'll I'll give him a D minus because of those, even maybe a D, but uh, D minus. All right. (laughs) Uh, Winnipeg gets an A for their performance. It would have been an A plus, but we're in for those pick sixes without a doubt. Uh, Huge game against Saskatchewan. Oh, back to back. Saskatchewan's ready, man. They're, they're well, trying they, to pro- they just beat BC. They're trying to prove they're actually uh, part of that upper echelon of the CFL. Oh, no, no. But <laughs> they can definitely cement their place in the playoffs. Not cement, start to cement. Yeah. You know, pour the sand into the machine or whatever. However they make cement, I don't know. And, you know, and, and Winnipeg with their win can come to clinching, come closer to clinching a playoff spot. So... Yeah, so Saskatchewan can take one of these games um, and say BC, you know, goes on in their trajectory to where they are now i mean they could be hosting a uh, west semi at some point if saskatchewan can pull one out of these or even somehow pull it too we'll see but well i agree i agree who you got next uh let's go uh calgary toronto right uh calgary i'll give them a c plus good effort in that game playing again one of the top teams in the league that's two weeks in a row um they had never lost at bmo field actually calgary so that's crazy uh jake meyer looked like a competent quarterback throwing uh, almost 400 yards. Uh, but that D, the D that shut down the Bombers, and I mean, it was, it was Drew Brown, I guess, right? Back up. Mm-hmm. But they shut down and then just couldn't make a stop against Toronto at all, and they needed it. Yeah. Um, so tough way for them to go down and then losing on the, uh, was it the punt return, right? Oh, oh. leak. <laughs> leak. That's crazy. Leak through. Oh, Reggie Bedlington. I got to mention Bedlington. What a game, man. Two, over yeah. 200 yards, 203 yards, a couple touchdowns. He was on fire unfortunately he couldn't make a bunch of catches at the end uh to keep some drives alive but great game by him that's been an issue for a while for calgary is the drop passes yeah <laughs> we talked about him in the game last week against the bombers too oh <laughs> uh, and you know the defense played good at the beginning against toronto because they yeah. got like two picks early in the game against chad kelly and uh, they just couldn't keep the momentum going no uh uh speaking of toronto i'll give the argos a strong b the offense played well after those mentioned Chad Kelly interceptions early in the game, which is actually encouraging to see a young QB being able to come out of that, not young in age, but young and experienced in the CFL. They got that roulette. He was rolling. Uh, but I mentioned last week, that was my question, a critical question. Can the defense find their footing? And no, they look so sus. They yeah. let uh, Meyer throw for almost 400 yards, four TDs, zero touchdowns, uh, and they lost their starting halfback, Amos to a season ending injury i think yeah yeah they faced a few injuries in that game yeah and the safety that they brought down to halfback the two safeties that they brought in after that both got injured yeah exactly oh. and they were getting lost so poor toronto on defense but they won the game yeah so, i mean if, if your offense can put up that many points we'll see i mean you got D, winnipeg's d yeah. uh, that's playing really well and then toronto d's not, not not so we'll see what ends up happening there but too bad they don't play each other more than once B, B for uh, them. Who do you got next? Hamilton. Oh, big upset of the week there. 
again that was huge <laughs> so, sorry bc fans because we talked about another massacre and two weeks in a row we've talked about massacres and bc has lost both those games so yeah we put uh, those in the bank <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they bounced yeah, those exactly. mofos bounced good thing i didn't bet on either these these two weeks of bc games man i would have lost a lot for um, sure i'm giving them an a i'm giving hamilton an a um like i said i wasn't expecting this no one was expecting this but 132 yards on the ground um or james butler had 154 total yards from scrimmage two touchdowns just handed it to his old team um <laughs> taylor powell looked good looked confident yep. got it done and their d just shut down that high-powered uh, bc offense okay. you know so great effort by them and hey right back in the mix yeah james butler punched them in the face oh hard. he did he's like yeah and you don't just... want to sign me yeah here you go this is what <laughs> you're missing and they couldn't run the ball no no mazello oh. had both 50 yards i think so they set the tone that I'll give the Lions a, a D. Yeah, they've lost to now Dola Gal one week and they lost <laughs> a Powell this week. What what is that? Everything was just off for this team. They looked horrible. The coach said they looked off. There was no energy, and that was that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Uh, it's not one of those games that you can put on Vernon Adams' shoulders, that's for sure. Uh, his receivers were dropping balls, they couldn't get anything going, like you said on the running game. So yeah, they just got beaten up. They couldn't match uh what Hamilton wanted to do. Yeah, and for a team that has, you know, great cup aspirations, they're talk of the town when they beat the Bombers. Uh, they're a rolling. They shut out Edmonton twice. You yeah. know, they got some work to do because, you know, right now they're not uh, they're not performing at the level that they can. Scott or, Milanovic factor or what? Yeah. And, you know, he had a solid uh, game plan, uh, especially in the first half. And then BC kind of reacted to it and he kind of changed it up a little bit. But yeah. running game, man. But we would talk about Hamilton, and they don't have a quarterback. You're at your four-string quarterback. you got to use that running game. So They did. Yeah. Who you got next? Oh, Ottawa, Red Blacks. Uh, <laughs> i got to give them an F. Um, Crumb not progressing. Um, I don't know if it's Kahari not trusting him enough to go downfield or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, under 200 yards again. And only 28 on the ground. You know, he's a bit of a running quarterback. You should get him out of there uh, and move around. So there's a lot of question marks in Ottawa. And even that offensive line, which we thought would actually be good coming into the season, it has yeah. not been good. And it was manhandled all game. They're getting predictable. Yeah. They got to shake something up. I'd blame the coaching in that one. Uh, Edmonton. I'll give them the the, the Professor Curse special. I'll give them a B plus slash A. Uh, yeah. Kind of considering that bump to an A because they broke that streak at home. Uh, it's fun watching this Canadian quarterback grow forward as a starter. Over 300 yards passing, although, you know, the, the team they played against is a horrible pass defense. <laughs> uh, but he he put over 70 yards himself and a TD, passed for a TD, didn't turn the ball over. Two straight wins going to Labor Day. Yeah, that's good for Edmonton. Could have been three if they hung on against the Bombers there, but yeah, they they were getting better. And again, Makes you question why Trey Ford wasn't uh, starting. Because <laughs> Chris Jones is the coach. That's uh, why. Jeez. Speaking of coaches, is uh, is Bobby Dice the long-term solution in Ottawa? Hard, hard for me to say at this point, but it's not looking like it uh, at all. Um, the, the team's just not getting better. The team's getting worse. How they ended up beating the Bombers, I still cannot figure out. Uh, and I'll be questioning that. But right now, I think he's got to make a move. And it's either you got to change something up on defense because Baron Miles D is not, not living up to expectations at this point either, giving up a lot of yards. 
uh, getting no turnovers. Trey Ford was all over them, passing, running, uh, and much. And Edmonton had 470 yards total offense. You know, when when do the Elks put that kind of numbers up, right? And then Kahari yeah. Jones with with Crum, uh, things aren't moving there. So, um, 11 games, and this is some stats I was reading today. They've only had one 100 yard receiving performance. Uh, only one 100-yard rushing performance and have not had any of their quarterbacks go over 300 yards. So I'm starting to question him, and I don't know if he's going to last or if the GM is going to last in Ottawa. Yeah, I don't think they have the horses. Uh, and the GM, like, I'm not fully confident in the GM there. He's from Hamilton, Started off as a communications guy, I guess, came up through the system. Yeah, that's a good story and all. Uh, I think Bobby Dice is a long-term solution at head coach. They just need to get the players. The man has not had a QB. He's not had a QB. This guy still has strong ties to the CIS game. We've seen him inspire a room already with the, the roster and the team that he had in the locker room at the end of last year when they were actually competitive. Uh, yeah, Burke, that's his name. Uh, yeah. Dice, yeah, I still believe in Dice. Get the man a QB, get him another year with the systems that he has in place, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they fire him after one year anyways, unless, of course, they're getting rid of all of them, Burke as well kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he needs some players. The team's not good enough. But he also needs to kind of grow as the season goes on and, and not make yeah. some of the same mistakes that he continues to make game in and game out. Um, but something has to happen. Like the D and the offense is not performing at all yeah well how long is his contract did you give me a year yeah uh, no he probably got uh, two or three i'm assuming I, I doubt it was just a year so maybe the operations cap keeps him there uh, they don't again, tweak it unless the elks can get rid of it somehow oh they gotta tweak it <laughs> what a stupid thing should the cfl move the goalposts back as per journalist daryl davis suggests no no I, I don't like it. And, and then if you read the article, I like Paul McCallum's rebuttal to everything. Uh, basically shut it down. Uh, like he said, in that Calgary-Winnipeg game, those field goals probably wouldn't have been attempted. So that game probably would have ended, what, a bunch of singles and then that touchdown, the return. So it would have been like, what, 9-7, 9-6, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're going to do it, you're probably going to have to shorten the end zone, which kind of takes away from the CFL game and those deep, TDs in the end zone, right? So yeah. to me, it doesn't help the league at all. I, I think it'll be less scoring. And then, like it said in there, fourth down, you probably need four downs to be able to score in this league, kind of thing. Because and he said about um, coaches would might go for it more on the thirty. They're not. Are you crazy? They're not. <laughs> no, what not kind of close. nonsense is that? <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible they, idea. They might as well just go for the rouge. Yeah, exactly. And that's what will happen. There'll be more punting in the game. Yeah. Do we really need more punting in the game when no. scoring needs to be increased? What a stupid idea. I, I, I don't, I mean, I'd rather see touchdowns uh, than field goals for sure. Why not? Right. But you're not going to have any field goal attempts if those goalposts are back. And again, in that article, how many people have actually gotten hurt running into those posts? I can't remember none yeah, other than so. the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans feelings when the balls go boink off of it. But that adds another dimension to the game, right? Is you got to be aware it. of those things. You can use it as a decoy. And, and even that, it's not even offensive players. I have never seen any defensive players run into it either. But it's no. another dimension. Use it as a decoy. You got to get it around those posts. Yeah. I like Leave it. it. Yeah. I like it. Stamps or Elks? If only one of them can make the playoffs or only one of them makes the playoffs, which team will it be? I got the Elks on this one. 
They have the friendlier schedule of the two. They are trending upwards. Calgary can't figure it out. Uh, and it seems like their best option is to stick with Meyer. Meanwhile, Edmonton's their offense is growing. It's getting better, and they're growing it around Trey Ford's strength. So I think the Elks will make the playoffs if one of those teams make the playoffs. Yeah, honestly, if we're we're thinking that, I, I don't think either of these teams are making the playoffs. But if we're picking one, I'm going to go with the Stampeders. Um, I just think, you know, not this week withstanding, their D is a little bit better than the Elks. Um, and I still think Dickinson is probably a better coach than Chris Jones, and he'll get over this hump. But this Labor Day, obviously, these two Oof. two two games are obviously going to be determined a lot of which one of these teams is going to make the playoffs or not, or have yeah. a chance to make the playoffs. So it's going to be a fun two weeks. Uh, you know, battle up. They pretty much have almost the same schedule, except uh, Calgary gets Hamilton and Winnipeg or uh, Edmonton gets uh, where is it? The Argos. So, kind of a little bit tougher there. Both have top schedules though to finish. I don't see Calgary making it. Their defense is. I don't see either of these teams making it. I don't know. Look, the East doesn't look pretty strong. Well, I mean, we'll see. BC, or, I mean, Hamilton beat BC. Obviously, that was you know, it's a one week wonder, maybe, right? Yeah. But we'll see if they can play well and maybe take one of these games away from Toronto. Scott Milanovic. <laughs> you know what? I forgot that I forgot that he was Edmonton signed him as their coach and he never ended up coaching a game for them. Because oh, then I think he bolted to the NFL after that. Clown show. <laughs> a clown show. Uh speaking of clown shows, you know what? It's great that Edmonton broke that streak. But it really pisses me off when you have some of these journalists saying it's the first win or home win since the streak under the Elks name. <laughs> or you know what? Can you shut up about that garbage? This guy from the Edmonton Journal, this Jerry guy, said first home win since the Elks changed their name. They're just trying to convolute some garbage story here to get some attraction, some clicks. Stop being stupid with these mouth-breathing coverage points that you have. It just it's nonsensical. It's stupid. Yeah. That ballsy it, guy, your boy Ballsy, did the same thing. My boy. <laughs> what is, what does a name change or a, uh, have to do with uh, winning and losing at all? None of these players would have been around even with the other names. So what's the like, difference? You think they're thinking about that? You think the coaches are saying that? Hey, we haven't won since we changed our team name, guys. No. Yeah. The streak happened before the name change. Yeah. Stupid. Let's move on to hot topics. Sorry, I got off topic. <laughs> Josh Jacobs signing, big deal? That's a good deal for the Raiders. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a good deal for Jacobs. Um, even if he goes and balls out this year, he ends up with a franchise tag again next year, and they play the same game again next year. So um, hopefully he can go out and put up a great season like he did last year and then force their hand a little bit. But good deal for the Raiders and good deal for Jacobs to get back on the field, but not necessarily money-wise. He got $2 million more million in franchise value. Of course, yeah. it's good money wise. Yeah, it's it's fine, exactly. But we just talked about the running backs and kind of how undervalued they are, right? You think yep. a receiver is a good receiver on a team is making that little money? Not little money, obviously. Right? There's but, no way a running back was going to jump up to twenty million. No, not twenty. So but I think, think he gets you... to fifteen, kind of reset that number a little bit. For he was the best running back, right? If he can't get that number, Absolutely. no one's getting it. So I don't think that raise of fifty percent would have happened, though. I think twelve million was pretty good on that one. It sucks that it's small, though, in regards to length. It's a one year. Yeah, and I wish it was also, hey, you can't franchise tag me again next year kind of thing. So, yeah. Oh, these guys are getting screwed. <laughs> Trey Lance trade, good or bad? <laughs> well, for the bad. Niners, bad. Good or bad? He asked for a trade and he got it. Good yeah, he him. did. Yeah. Like, it sounds like an amicable split. Uh, 
I agree with Shanahan. They fell short in his development, including play calling that put him in a bad position. Uh, I think they should have kept him, to be honest with you. I don't think he's better than Sam Darnold. That's ridiculous. You had two more years at his rookie rate. Why not keep the guy? I don't know. They got a fourth for him, I guess. Yeah, he gave up three firsts for him, though. So all in all, bad bad deal for the Niners altogether. The guy played uh, two full games and bits of other games, basically. Uh, So, yeah. Unfortunate situation. I don't know if Dallas is another good spot for him anyways, because they got Cooper Rush. So I don't know if he's getting that second string quarterback spot either. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'd rather have kept him too than Darnold. But I guess Darnold plays the same way as Purdy and and what kind of what Shanahan wants. So we'll see. We'll see if it's the right choice because, man, that could blow up their face. So far, they've been good. So it hasn't, right? Yeah, they got Purdy. But when you give up that many first rounders, they got lucky with Purdy if Purdy's the man or if not. You know, if he ends up not being... Oh, could yeah. get ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he probably would have fell to them any which way. Stroud, Young, Richardson, all named as starters in week one in the NFL. Who will have a betting rookie season? Why? I'm going to go with Young, just because Carolina was a better team last year. Uh, they they had a strong defense last year, if they can keep that going. Um, they uh, Frank Reich is their coach. He's the only one of the three that has an experienced coach. Now, I don't know if he's going to be any better than um, D'Amico Ryans or uh, Steichen, but I, I, I think he's in a better position slightly than these other guys. Yeah, he's in a pretty good position. I think Josh McCown's like his coach or something, isn't it? His is coach, he the QB uh, coach or is he there? QB yeah. coach? Yeah, yeah something maybe. like that. Uh, I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. Who's their offensive coordinator? Well, in, uh, that uh, Steichen from uh, Carolina? Yeah. Is Reich? Is Reich calling the plays? Reich, he's a quarterback guy too. Former yeah. QB. Yeah. Damn, I actually didn't think of that. Crappy coach, but good well, good OC. Right. Yeah. Uh, I took Anthony Richardson. Uh, he's playing in that weaker division in regards to defenses. Uh, he, of those three teams, he, he probably has the best O-line. The Colts can be a top 10 O-line. They underperformed quite a lot last year. Like you said, they have Steve Steichel, the former OC in Philly, who's now the head coach there. Uh, and they have Cam Turner, a good QB coach who worked with Kyler Murray when he was good. And they're yeah. sitting that guy out. Oh, yeah. They're, they're sitting that guy out to get a higher draft pick, I think. Oh, yeah. They're tanking for sure this year, man. And they let go of that better QB. Well, then, then they were just joke. randomly trading guys that were on the last year of their contract. We're talking about Arizona here at this point, right? Yeah. They're just trading guys randomly to get, well, Caleb Williams, right? Is a quarterback <laughs> next year. So, for sure. I, I think at this point, you might as well just trade Kyler Murray and um, go with uh, Colt McCoy as your quarterback and stink it up. Maybe they're keeping Kyler for a trade chip on draft day. Maybe, maybe. But he's, yeah, I mean, obviously, if they end up first or trading him at some point in the offseason. Uh, back to Anthony Richardson, he also has Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and maybe, Does he? Yeah, he'll For be now. <laughs> and they probably have, the, we're just talking about this year, and they probably have the better receiving group of the three, they do. maybe. Uh, so I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. They do got some good receivers in Indy uh, with Pittman and Pierce and all that compared to the, yeah. some of these other teams, so. Austin Matthews signing. Thoughts on that? Good deal for him, man. Four years. So when he's in uh, turning 30, he's getting another contract. Um, You know, 13 mil, just over 13 mil. So good deal for him. A little bit tough for Toronto. They got to win now. They got to win because then you got Marner coming up to in a couple years. So not a bad deal all around for either team, but good for Matthews that he's going to cash in again at age 30. And probably one more time after that. Who knows? It's a good deal for everyone, I think. Uh, sure, a lot of Leafs fans want that six, seven-year deal. 
but the guy's been in Toronto long enough. He doesn't have to pledge his allegiance, nothing. He's It's about making his money and still being where he's comfortable. It doesn't seem like he wants to test the market or he wants to leave the market. Seems like he's happy in Toronto. Yeah, he, uh, he would have done that now, right? He wouldn't have signed this contract and he would have waited a year and saw what else he can get. He obviously wants to stay there. So I don't think yeah. they have anything to worry about. So, And I think he's taking about 15% of the salary cap, which still gives the Leafs room to play with the roster. Not lots of room, but it doesn't handcuff them unless the salary cap doesn't increase in the next few years. But I doubt that will happen. But then when uh, Mitch Marner is up too, he's going to have to get close to that number as well. So you're going to have two of those guys around that. But Tavares will be off the books probably by then. He's only got two more years, I think, so. For sure, he's got to be off the board. <laughs> For sure. Maybe they, can, maybe they can give him the million-dollar contract like they did to Spezza and all that for a bunch of years after that so he can play fourth-line minutes. Yeah, sure. Maybe he'll take it. Yeah, he might. And, and they say, hey, we got a position for you in the front office when you retire. Yeah. I mean, the guy made some good money over his time in Toronto, right? Yeah. Not necessarily all deserved making $11 million a year, especially in the last couple seasons. So, <laughs> Benny, you got any shout-outs? Uh, you know what? I'm just going to shout out Rich uh, Stubler, who uh, actually just passed away at the age of 74. Great CFL defensive mind. Uh, five great cup championships. Uh, always tough to go up against him as a Bomber fan, watching the Bombers play him. He just he was, he was one of those great defensive minds in this league and shout out to him for his time in the CFL. Absolutely. And we don't talk about defensive minds a lot in the CFL. No. All the attention usually goes to the offensive coordinators in the passing game, but he was one of those just dominant defenses that no one can figure out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had the Bombers number many a times. <laughs> no doubt, especially when you have linebackers like O'Shea and Kevin Ivan playing <laughs> yeah. together. Just that doesn't hurt. <laughs> crazy Canadian combo. Wow. Yeah. And it opens up your roster to make you good everywhere else, any which way. Benny, you have anything to say to our friends? Uh, you know what? Just thanks a lot for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, join the contest, um, and have a good week. And in the famous words of Yogi Berra, if you find a fork in the road, take it. Okay. Yo, yeah, Nathan Rourke got released. Yeah, I just saw that too. That sucks. If you're going to gamble, if you're putting money on it, is he going to be on an NFL roster next year or a CFL roster next year? Uh, NFL. Uh, like on an actual roster or practice squad? Kind of like, thing. Will he be on a CFL roster next year or an NFL roster next year? NFL, I still think. I think I I think he'll still end up on a practice roster. Um, he showed that he could play. You know, like he made some great plays in those games with Jacksonville in the preseason. So I don't think he's going to give up yet, and he's going to probably take a you know a stab at it, like kind of like Stevler did, right? Strevler, not Stevler. So yeah, I think he'll be on a CFL roster. I don't think a, ba- a practice roster player can compare to the money that BC was offering to Nathan Rourke. Why, when you can make that amount of money, would you take your chance and just be on a practice roster where you might not put in games for a pension? So yeah. I think if he has a chance to come back to the CFL roster and make the same kind of money that BC was offering him, he, he'll come back to the CFL. If rather than, you know, not on a practice roster. But if he's on a regular roster, then psh, take NFL money, of course. Hey, friends and neighbors, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Ray. Benny Sports, and don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Leave a like, leave a comment, tell us what you think.